Hi, welcome back to Army Hammer's Kitchen. This episode, we are going to tackle a whole person. Stay tuned on Cooking Channel. Welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest, a podcast series where we discuss the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases, and apparently this week, the latest um, dietary recommendations from Army Hammer. Um, my guest this week, Chief uh, Army Hammer Cannibalism Expert, uh, Hunter Heilman. Who do you think he's eaten, really? Like, like I mean, just fully i think the ex- the extra clue we need is there's got to be like a clip where he says like silence of the lambs is my favorite movie and that'll that'll be like the final like puzzle piece that we need God, he should have been in the green inferno remake or not green inferno remake the green inferno which is a cannibal holocaust remake but that's a little on the nose um he probably well, doesn't noses probably aren't very meaty either he probably doesn't like eating those but still um Welcome. Um, Hi. We got a lot to talk about today. First order of business is we're going to bring back a, a segment that you and I did on a separate podcast last year. This is the 2021 edition of You Really Like Me sort of podcast segment where Hunter and I dive deep into the awards race. Hunter, do you know off the top of your head when the Oscars are this year? They're in April, right? <laughs> They sure are. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was the thing the other day when they were like, the Golden Globe nominations come out tomorrow. I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, well, yeah, it's February. But on the other hand, I was like, already? I thought we were like, like, I don't know. Time is an illusion. Everything is going, like, both incredibly slow and super fast. Like, I feel like right. we've been in 2021 award season for, like, five years. But also now that awards nominations are coming out, I'm like what it's over like yeah. yeah well we still have so far to go and like i i heard that like for some reason i still thought it was going to be in like late march or something and then i heard like oh it's it's april like oh we have like two whole months at least before this really gets heated but we did get the nominations this past week for the golden globes and the screen actors guild and I thought this would be a great opportunity for you and I to just kind of check the thermometer of how the award, this very, very strange award season is going. I, I first have to ask. I as don't much want as- to. I don't want to. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Um, I'm, I refuse to talk to dignify the Golden Globes. Goodbye. So I, we got to put like a little caveat about talking about the Globes. I, this is maybe a bad sports metaphor because I'm not the biggest sports person, but I feel like the Globes are kind of the New York Knicks of awards races. They're just kind of continuously bad. I don't know, bad, enough. I don't know and... enough about this to argue with it. So yeah, I totally agree. And and, and the joy, it basically like, it's just a thing for people to gripe about. Like the, I, I heard the other day, um, Mark Harris, the, the great yeah. sort of film historian, I think kind of put the award season and kind of um a great perspective of there's this first wave that kind of comes at the very end of the year that's basically what all the like critical community thinks it's all the critics awards both locally and nationally you and i are part of a critics body we voted and nominated on stuff over the holidays which kind of I, I, which i kind of wish we they had delayed that a little bit to like make room yeah. for all of the stuff coming in now but also at the same time I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah. That's like the one left for me. But other than that, it's like, I don't think anything I've seen post voting, though. Yeah. Would have snuck in for me. That's maybe the one. I got a chance to see that that movie this past week. Um, And what I will sort of prep you for is I think it's going to be... I'm excited for a lot of people to see, and I think a lot of people are going to see it because it's on HBO Max, and I think it's going to uh, facilitate a lot of conversation um, and is a a very complicated, not like, you know, is this problematic complicated, but like 
lands a very complicated piece of history in your lap and sort of leaves you as an audience to sit through it. Um, and yeah. I think that's that's going to kind of be, um, I don't know that that's the one that I Daniel Kaluuya clearly is is in the supporting actor race, although that's kind of a co lead performance in that movie. But um, yeah, and that's they gotta what go I'm, with what they can actually win. I can't. Really yeah, I I'll be interested to see if that movie once it's available to stream sort of picks up momentum or if it's just unfortunately going to be like it's it's too late in the season and most of this stuff is is still you know just being it it, enough people won't have seen it by the time of like oscar nominations or if it'll be the kind of thing of like if you remember phantom thread a few years ago that kind of got like shunted from a lot of the earlier awards because people hadn't got a chance to see it and then by the time the oscar nominations came around it got a bunch of nominations yeah Um, like ones that i didn't expect but fully was like actually yes fully like yes leslie manville did give the best like performance from a supporting actress last year yeah so so we're, we're kind of in this mode where we're switching over from what the critics think to now the industry awards and, and awkward, i need an adult <laughs> the awkward sort of ugly gremlin in the center is the golden globes who are neither voted on by critics or anyone in the industry so like i you know for people who are you know cinephiles like you and i that are listening to this show they probably kind of already know the golden globes are sort of like trivial and bs and like yeah. is voted on by like a shadowy organization called the hollywood foreign press that's like 40 some people and no one knows who they are um and are ve- make very strange choices in terms of who they nominate who they give awards to and very little of it makes sense even in the like categorizing of things yeah but the screen actors guild is notable because it is the it's a jury of branch. their peers yeah, this is the actual industry, and the acting branch is the largest branch in the Academy, and a lot of SAG members are in the Academy. Yeah, so which, also this gives... which also shows that, like, even if you know your stuff, you can still be terribly wrong. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about kind of both of these as a whole. Um, <laughs> let's let's do a kind of like good, bad, and the like WTF. Let's let's first start with good. What what are some things out of both of these nominees that you're kind of excited for? Because I think there are some things in here where maybe the Globes clearly globed hard this year and made some very strange choices, but those some of those really strange choices don't necessarily cover come over to the sags but some of them do so what's but what's something that you're kind of like pleased to see oh this is getting recognition or this person is um the one thing with the globes that i'm super excited about i've talked about it before i'm very despite the general messiness of this of this category because of the controversy surrounding minari being in it i am very glad Mm. that la llorona got recognized in best uh foreign language motion picture that's Mm. one that i'm really happy about um because i didn't i i I just didn't feel like a lot of people i i feel like that went unwatched by a lot of people if only because it was on a streaming service that not that many people have it's on shutter which is like a dedicated horror streaming service so a lot of people who just kind of casually like horror don't have Shudder, which is completely, like, understandable. But I also found that Shudder, because they're a bit smaller, because they don't have, like, Netflix or Amazon Cloud, they didn't send out as many screeners. So I'm glad that mm-hmm. they, there was still um, notice from that, because I, I think, hands down, it was the best foreign language film of last year. I think it just... It's just like a juggernaut of a of a horror movie. It's I mean, granted, it's more even like a dark drama, but it's still, you know, it's still wonderful. Um, and then I really enjoyed seeing three female directors in the best yeah. category. Um, that terrific. Was, yeah, that was really great, especially given the Globes's history of usually excluding women. Like they're. They're not quite as bad as the Oscars, maybe, but they they are still a part of that system that has systematically excluded women over the years. So the fact that not only um, 
not only do they have female nominees this year, they have a majority women mm-hmm. in the category, and that's that's very very cool. I like seeing that, especially because I think like well yeah, they just it's not even like it doesn't feel it's not a globesy category where it's like okay that's cool, but why is he nominated? Every single one of the women nominated, I'm like well duh. Yeah, like, I mean, even, I, like, I'm not the biggest Promising Young Woman fan, but, like, it's it's exciting to see, like, I, I can't argue, like, that movie has enough of a, a, like, following behind it that, like, yeah, that's great that Emerald Fennell's, yeah. like, part of the conversation, and Regina yeah. King and Chloe Zhao, I thought, did, like, terrific jobs yeah. with their I movies. I think it's, it's Chloe Zhao's race, honestly, if we're, like, I think, but, uh... I, I like seeing Emerald Fennell in there. I think she has more of a chance with screenplay than director, but it's still yes. great to see her in director as well. Um, even though when it comes to director, I think it's it's fully Chloe Zhao's race. Um, and then you, from you there, ready for Chloe Zhao season? You you just ready to see? I'm just ready yeah, for that that woman I'm, just to take on the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for that. And then beyond that, we also get. Eternals, and then beyond that, we get Koizawa's Western Dracula. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, it's just like I love. You love people. to see it. Well, I love seeing people do things with their career that I'm like, yeah, I I would do that. Like, I like seeing people who like aren't just playing it close to the chest, or like just like, oh, like oh, I've made my like. Let's talk Adam McKay. He doesn't do comedies anymore. Yeah. He just does like my own oh, Oscar movies. And it's like, you made one and now you're in, so now you can do that. But Chloe Jaw, I think, is realizing, like, I'm in. Now I can do whatever I want. And that's exactly how I would approach it. I would be, like, that would be really cool to do. And she is, like, utilizing that. So um, she's being very smart with her choices in terms of, like, not just doing things for box office returns just for critical clout but like it really does seem like she is doing things because she is creatively engaged with it and that's what's going to create really really like engaging film experiences for audiences too um beyond that i mean everything else looked pretty um was relatively i guess expected maybe not expected there's nothing else good that i that was unexpected. All the other things that are good in there, I'm like, yeah, of course, like, you know, Riz Ahmed's in there, Anthony Hopkins is in there, you know, Carrie Mulligan. Like, I expected right. those. But then everything else that was unexpected um, was terrible. Yeah, I'll, I'll put one more kind of, like, pleasant surprise, and this is one with maybe a little bit of a caveat, because I think this is something the Globes screwed up, but I'm glad to see is just a dumb fluke by the Globes, which is, you know, the whole kerfuffle around minari and american movie that features a, a, a largely korean or korean american cast and is is an immigrant story but because a lot of the characters just speak korean in the movie um the globes categorized it as a foreign language film even it's though it what, is most certainly what, what, not what, what would you say it's maybe like 60 percent korean yeah, the like, big kind of hypocrisy an... thing people brought up was like Inglorious Bastards is Mostly a majority in, in like yeah German or French, French, and yet like we think of that as American movie, and then the idea that just because like these are non-white people, then it's all of yeah. a sudden no, no, no. Of course, it's a foreign language film. It's Korean oh, but Lee Isaac Chung has an Asian last name. That means he's not American. It's like no, no, like this. No, he is like. So I I was glad to see that even though the Globes kind of like shat the bed on that decision, that at least in the Screen Actors Guild, which kind of matters more in terms of like how is this going to reflect on the Oscars? They're really but this movie through. seems to be yeah, this movie seems to be very popular, and um, I'm excited. We're probably going to talk about this movie on the show. Next I mean, it's week. our it's our it's our best picture winner from the NCFCA. So yeah, um, excited for people to kind of like finally get the chance to or get a larger chance to see that because i think there has been some digital screenings and stuff last year but um you know it's 
a wider rollout, I think, is exciting because um, I think it's a movie. Wider rollout, and then A24 has taken that weird approach of, like, doing it at specific times, like actual show times each night. I don't understand that either. I don't I know you were against this. It's like, do you not want money? Do you not want people to watch your movie? Like, let people watch it at 9 a.m. if they want. Like, just put it, put it on Apple TV. No one cares. Um, but it's fine. Well, I'm not, listen, listen, they could not put it on digital at all. They could just put it in theaters and, like, just say, good luck. So I'm at least glad there's some sort of accessibility with it. Because you know I've been, you know, with things that are theater only in this in this trying time, I get very angry with that. So while I'm frustrated with that, I'm at least thankful that there is that option. Right. Um, let's talk about some bad, if not absolutely WTF stuff that happened between both of these. I, I think we should subgroup this together with weird globe stuff and then, huh, I guess this is actually part of the awards grace. Um, yeah. Let's okay, yeah. Let's start, shall we? Um, um, okay, did you know so... that there is a movie called Music that was written yes. and directed by Sia? Okay, yes, I, I did. I, don't, I did because not know this existed. Let me give you the rundown of this movie, Dwelling. This movie has been very controversial since its inception because (laughs) Sia, so let me give you a rundown of the film. The film is about a, um, uh, like a drug dealer, not like, like a prescription drug dealer, not like, you know, a rough and tumble one, but played by Kate Hudson, who, if I'm correct, mother dies, mother, grandmother, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't want to um, get it ableist movies wrong, but um, but she gets like gets guardianship of a young autistic, like nonverbal autistic girl, um, named Music. Oh, also Kate Hudson's name is Zoo Z U, um, because why not? Um, and from there, it's basically just like this. Uh, journey through getting music to learn how to express herself and like feel more at home in her body through music and it's a musical with you know all the Sia-isms and all that it's it's garnered a a bunch of controversy because uh, music the young non-verbal autistic girl at the center is played by Maddie Ziegler who is a big uh, a big collaborator with Sia but Maddie Ziegler is not autistic. Maddie Ziegler is is neurotypical. She is like she is play. She is the autistic version of I. Well, here's the thing. There's I was about to say the autistic version of blackface, but however, there is a scene. There's a screen cap I have seen from it where it looked really like Maddie Ziegler's in blackface too. So, um, but. Sia was called out about it on Twitter, and Sia got very combative with people, with a lot of autistic people who are like, girl, this is offensive. Like, she's just, like, hemming and hawing about, like, trying to pretend what she thinks a an autistic person acts like. And Sia was like, I tried casting autistic people, and they just weren't good enough, so I cast, like, uh, I cast Maddie. And then someone was like, girl, you know, like, there are so many autistic actors out there that could have done this. Like, I am an autistic actor. Like, I I would have loved to have had the opportunity to audition for this film. And Sia responded with, maybe you're just a bad actor. And, like, so it's been a very bad faith thing with Sia in this whole race. And on top of that... The film was released in Australia and I think has now been exposed to American critics because it comes out next Friday or it comes out ne- this Wednesday in IMAX for two days, but then it is oh. online. Um, it's getting so that's why no one I know has 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 seen it. Very few, it's, let alone have heard of it beyond this controversy. You and just everyone who's seeing it hates it. They say it's bad. Like it's they say it's like actively not good so no one understands why this has gotten the attention it has 
if only for, and this is just my opinion, they want Sia and Kate Hudson to come to the show so they can rub shoulders with them. Yeah, I mean, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association notoriously nominates which people is, just for, like, the photo, yeah. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. the, for the selfie. So um, this and is it's... also why I think, and I'm about to get to a whole other thing with this, it's also why I think James freaking Corden was nominated. Which... Yeah, the other weird thing, prom being a a a big contender in the comedy you know, categories honestly, at <laughs> I'm not even that surprised about that. I kind of expected it to make it into um to musical or comedy. I was more surprised by music showing up. I, I kind of expected the prom to show up because it was a it seems like a globesy movie, but I more mm-hmm. so expected Meryl Streep to jump in there because you know the Globes love Meryl Streep. They'll give her a Golden Globe nomination for friggin' anything. Didn't but, they give her one just like it was like a special lifetime achievement award that was just like thank you for just existing in the world? The Cec- which like I, I love Meryl Streep, but that was <laughs> that yeah. was just funny. Yeah, she did the Cecil B. DeMille Award this year's Jane Fonda, so you know her speech gonna be like fiery. But, oh wow! <laughs> um, but that's the thing. It's like. Even people who liked the prom, which I didn't watch the prom, it looked like it was going to piss me off, and I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to do it. Because um, I just, I don't know, there's something about, A, Ryan Murphy, I'm not a fan of Ryan Murphy, but also, like, I don't know, something is just about, like, surface-level queer, not, it's not even queer-baiting, because there are a lot of queer people in the film, but as a, as a gay man that sometimes just doesn't sit right with me and especially with James Corden doing that lispy gas queen like performance when James Corden is straight I know a lot of people are surprised by that but um he's a straight man who's also incredibly annoying in my personal opinion um but that was the one thing that even people who liked the prom was like James Corden's awful in this like that was the one thing universal across every single review that was like this performance is offensive. Like, this performance is base level him doing a gay caricature of, yes, mama works, like, like we're gonna give you a makeover, like, type performance. When well, there are so many other queer actors who could have filled in that role. And it's, to me, it shows, A, Hollywood Foreign Press is super out of touch, and B, they want James Corden to show up to the ceremony because he's James Corden. So is, is Corden's show popular? I, I I don't know that we got time to go on a Corden digression, but I like, think old people, I, I think like old white people like James Corden. I don't know anyone okay. our age who does, but granted, I don't know many people our age who really like late night now. Well, I think I think we can rest easy knowing that those two movies do not seem to be actual parts of the awards season race and seem to be more bizarre golden globe phenomenons um as well as is, i don't know that we got your, time to really what is your feeling on hamilton being a musical musical comedy oh i'm so glad that you brought this up um look i am someone who likes the musical hamilton who enjoyed the the experience last summer of being able to watch it in the comfort of my home and listen to the soundtrack. Um, as far as should Hamilton be a part of the, I guess I was setting up to as, as much as I like Hamilton, I was a little baffled and a little rolled my eyes at the idea of like a filmed version of a bra, a filmed performance of a Broadway musical is eligible in like a movie category. Like at least the prom is a movie. Yes. It it is a full movie just as like, I don't know if like Hamilton is eligible, like is American utopia, which like that, that was one of my favorite movies of last year. And like, I, I guess Hamilton is as much a movie as that, but there just seems to be something, I don't know. There's something weird about the like film stage performance competing like i almost feel like it needs to be in a different category it sets a precedent and to me i think it more so needs i think that it needs to be a category at the tones of best film yes performance that's actually a great idea yeah Yeah. because i i don't know you know the thing i just fell back on was like i liked hamilton i thought that was very fun way to kind of like lighten up the summer and that kind of felt like an event having that on disney plus but of just like i don't know that that should not be 
and maybe it's closed minded of me, but I don't just a filmed stage performance should not compete in the same category. Now, as when they a make movie, a Hamilton, not the same thing as when a they make movie. a Hamilton movie, go off, do whatever. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. But like that's it, it's not the same for me, and I and, yeah, I I agree. Like I hope that doesn't make me sound closed minded, but I just I don't. It's ta- it's taking space it's taking spaces from nominees that I think really deserve it as well, from movies from films. No one knew that Hamilton was going to be released last year other than Disney. So like, right. I don't know. It just it doesn't really sit right with me. But I'm also not so beat up about it that I'm like actively angry because I don't know if it has a chance. And if it does, it's just the Globes. It's not nominated. It's not it's not eligible for Oscars. So. Right. Like, it's it's just the Globes. Well, I think we can rest easy knowing those three things, as well as yeah. I'll, we don't really have time to get into the TV, but, like, you know, a lot of people were very upset the, by the TV categories, and, you know, especially a lot of the love for Emily in Paris and no love for I May, I destroy, may destroy You. <laughs> yeah. I didn't um, watch Emily in Paris, but one of my friends was like, I watched the first two episodes and I couldn't. Like, I just couldn't do any more of it. And I was like, that's a that's a lot but um um let's let's talk about some surprise things that based off the sag are going to be parts of this awards race okay let's get the elephant let's get the elephant (laughs) out of the room the two i'm specifically talking about is the elephant known as hillbilly elephant (laughs) i was gonna say jared jared leto yeah i don't know that Maybe I don't want to imply that Jared Leto is fat, even though Jared Leto does have a bizarre beer gut in the little things that looks like he just stuffed a pillow up his shirt. Um, yes, yeah, that's what I, that's, that is what that's that's what I do totally. That I'm I don't know if y'all know this. I'm super skinny under this shirt, but I just do that. It's, it's fine. So yeah, two movies that we've definitely talked about on the show. Hillbilly Elegy will be a part of the awards conversation, and the Glenn Close Amy Adams love is is clearly happening. And it's so um, sad because I love both of them so much, and they're both so overdue for awards love and for Oscars. But it's like, exactly. oh my god, this is literally the worst thing. This is the worst thing you could give it to them for. If Glenn Close yeah. wins her Oscar this year for this. <laughs> <laughs> what could you imagine i don't know if that would be will. the most quote oscar because you know that one of the more ridiculous things about the oscars is like giving people awards for just like oh yeah i can't believe we never gave you this for like your titanic like titular perform like your iconic performances so i guess we'll give you well it's kind of like when they gave time it's like when they gave denzel washington the oscar for training day when it was more like we got to make up for not giving it to him for Alcatraz. Although I really like him in Train Get. I mean, the thing I, I was specifically thinking for is like, you know, let's give it to Pacino for Scent of a Woman, which prevents Denzel from getting for, it. Or Meryl Streep for uh, Iron Lady. Yeah, although that one, I mean, Meryl, Meryl had already like won a She's couple won, Oscars She had won point. two, but she hadn't won one for like 30 years. And, yeah. But also, like, there were so many other people that year that were like so much more deserving than that. She was like last on my list. Yeah, but, like, the Pacino one is the one that comes to mind for me of just, like, we're going to pass him up for, you know, all of his Godfather performances or, like, Dog Day Afternoon and all that, like, great work he does in the 70s. And then we'll give it to, like, a movie that even of his 90s run of movies, I don't think is, like, like, is not one of the ones that people gladly remember. And because we had to give Pacino a makeup Oscar because we didn't give it to him when it was, quote, like, his most deserving time, then we prevent... Denzel Washington from getting one for Malcolm X, which yeah. is like now then we got to do the same thing ten years later. Yeah, but like, granted, I will, I will admit, Training Day is a much more like, oh, okay, I get that, but also, mm, let's be real here, Malcolm X was better, and but God, could you, I just can't, I can't imagine, like, I Glenn Close is, has been working forever, she really has, and she's put in some amazing performances, unless she's sick. She's not going to die anytime soon. She's not that old. She still has time mm. for more Oscar movies. Amy Adams is in her 40s. We don't need to give this to them now. Let's give it to the woman in the window. Could you? I'm, so here's the thing. 
I don't know if Amy Adams is doing anything else this upcoming year, but if she does something really good, she could um she could Sandra Bullock herself and get the Razzie and the Oscar in this season. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's just it just doesn't like you know. Uh, so here's the thing about Hillbilly Elegy. I hated it, hated it so much. But I've also kind of forgotten about it. We're we're not allowed to hate it anymore. I don't know if you you got that memo. We're not. No, allowed to hate I it do. It shows we're biased. <laughs> no, I do. I still hate it, and I hate it as I hate it as someone from the South and who like quote sees my family in that movie because I didn't. That's the thing. It was just like no, like I feel like a lot of the reason people like it was the exact reason I hated it. But all like yeah, I just I wasn't a fan of it. I will stand by that. I don't care what anyone tells me that I should think. Um, because I genuinely did not like it. Like, it's not like a, I don't like it because everyone told me to. Because now everyone's telling me I have to like it. And it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and given some of the uh, terrible movies I've given good reviews in the past, um, I don't care about other people's opinions. <laughs> but, yeah, I just think, like, especially compared to something like like Junior Jones or even like Olivia Coleman's performance this year. Um, I would be gagged if Olivia Coleman beat Glenn Close out again. That'd be so funny. I just I just live for drama and I think that'd just be hilarious. Um but granted, my my money not my money. My heart is with Maria Bakalova though. Uh, I I would yeah, that's that's who I'm secretly hoping kind of takes the supporting actress award, but um, you know, so, we'll see. We'll so see if the power of, of of yeah, we'll see if the power of Borat tops you know a long on overdue Glenn Close performance that oh my god um, is, this is is, is this, like what her fiftieth best performance or something this this little girl from Bulgaria who's never been in a movie before could you imagine if she came in and swooped an Oscar for Glenn Close. Um, so yeah, we're, we're clearly going to be talking about Hillbilly Elegy more this, this, this season. Um, the last kind of really weird one is the Jared Leto of it all, which if you listen to the latest episode last week, um, I still haven't Mark watched Marusitz, it yet. Um, but like kinda, now it's, uh, but now it's like, crap, I have to, cause I just assumed it was going to get ignored. I just assumed it's not getting good enough reviews. I just think it's like a January movie more than an awards movie, but oh my God, it's an awards movie. <laughs> Yeah, Mar- Mark Marusis and I had a, a delightful time last week kind of um, laughing at the Jared Leto performance, which is kind of the the best part of that movie, if only because it's, it's like, a um, bad performance from a, like, much campier, over-the-top bad movie than the kind of, like, brooding, sluggish one that you get set with and kind of his energy sort of at, at least livens up the movie by like 10%. But yeah. um, yeah, it is, it is, hey, it is certainly something. That, that, is, that is what I will leave you with. And um, yeah, I, I would not it, have imagined that it would be getting supporting actor Yeah, attention. and when it, when it first came through, because that was the thing, I was just like, oh, Globe's well, gonna Globe, like, you know, they want Jared Leto at their award ceremony. But then the SAG did it. I was like, Rah! What are y'all doing? I was thinking it was going to be like the Aaron Taylor Johnson nocturnal animals. Yes, that's thing. what it felt like. But now it's like, oh my god, you might actually be here. It's just crazy to me. I mean, he's not going to win. That's the thing. Like, I, I, the thing with Hill—that's what we think. <laughs> well, the, here's the thing with Hill. Well, at the SAG, I don't think he will because you have to remember he's up against Kaluuya, he's up against Chadwick, he's up against Sasha Baron Cohen, which I don't agree with him being there, but I feel like Trial of Chicago 7 is getting a lot of love. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he has a chance there. That, but, So it doesn't bother me as much as Hillbilly Elegy being there in terms of, like, I think Hillbilly Elegy genuinely has a shot, and that's what mm-hmm. scares me. But with Jared Leto, it's just like, I don't know how you got here, but you need to leave. Yeah, I think just to wrap us up, like, before we kind of continue to sort of another conversation point, I I think it's just interesting to see kind of like what collection of movies are maybe just sort of phenomenons amongst the globes, but are not really that beloved by the guilds. I mean, 
other examples like i i like mank a bit more than you do but like nah, yeah. interesting to see like mank was i think the most heavily nominated movie it, in yes the, it was at the globes but is pretty much like zero love at the sags while something like the five bloods spike lee's new movie was kind of ignored by the globes but got some more attention at the sags so maybe the five bloods is actually a bit more of a contender and mank is maybe a movie that is just like not resonating with people at all or like might get some technical nominations but and some writing nominations yeah. but beyond that is not the sort of big contender people thought it was going to be yeah it's just yeah it's just like i don't know it's just all kind of dull to me this year there there hasn't been any nominations that i felt were like super bold because the bold mm-hmm. ones were just like oh god really there weren't any good bold ones other than like La Llorona showing up there. So it's just, yeah. I just hope things go, I hate saying I hope things go expectedly, but if things go unexpectedly, it would be disastrous. So let's just, let's hope for the yeah. best. Well, we'll put a pin in that and come back when there's hopefully some, some more uh, juicy details on kind of how the award season is, season is shaking up. Let's transition to i think talking about kind of the big movie of the past weekend which is malcolm and marie which is available to watch on netflix and stars zendaya and john david washington it's written and directed by sam levinson who most people i feel like probably know is the creator of euphoria yes um a show you and i both um quite enjoy i love euphoria and yeah, I, I actually I, really liked his previous film, Assassination Nation, too, because I want to make that clear going into this, that I do like Sam okay. Levinson's stuff. So just want to let y'all know that before <laughs> before I start talking about Malcolm and Marie. Well, before we kind of get into like the nitty gritty of the movie, which basically is just kind of this like John Cassavetes-esque dr- relationship on drama. Yes, esque. It's got you know the John Cassavetes like Instagram filter put over it is what I'll say. Um, and with you know John David Washington playing a filmmaker getting into a very heated overnight argument with his partner who is an actress question mark. I never quite was able to figure that out, but that's who Zendaya is playing. Um, I I kind of want to first ask you about this in terms of like a trend I'm noticing, and I don't even know if like trend is the right word but the idea of the quote like quarantine movie you know a a couple weeks ago i saw this movie lockdown on hbo max that stars anne hathaway and shiwata ajiafor as kind of homework for this question i'm about to ask i caught up with the movie songbird that michael bay produced last year and both of those i ain't watched none of those and i'm and i'm happy about it um, I would say I kind of actively hated both of them, but for kind of similar reasons. Um, but I, you know, both movies, all three of these movies, including Malcolm Marie, were made in the confines of quarantine and the coronavirus pandemic, and that kind of affects the style and aesthetic of the movie. I, I think part of the issue, without getting too down the rabbit hole with Songbird and Lockdown, is just those movies are kind of driving directly into the coronavirus. Yeah, it's um, about issue. Co- it's about COVID. This at yeah, least. I, I, I mean, isn't. Songbird it can basically be explained as like, what if? It can basically be explained COVID-23. as. Well, it's basically um one of these movies that's like we know things are bad now, but what if they were worse? <laughs> like we know and and the i think style kind of hinders that movie of you can really really tell that no actor is occupying the same frame as another actor and everything feels very airtight and kind of the, like very i don't know just claustrophobic but in a very bad way um while you know i think lockdown has the benefit of movie stars like chiwetel Ejiofor and anne hathaway but is basically another kind of relationship drama that weirdly turns into a heist movie in for 30 minutes, but is primarily trying to be this kind of reflective movie on like, here's what it was like to just like experience the coronavirus pandemic. And I don't know as, as someone right now, the movies I'm connecting with more are movies that are offering me 
an escape as opposed to just sort of like reinforcing the same kind of mundane day-to-day things that i see every day i don't want to watch stuff about covid i don't like i already live it every single day i don't need my media also to reflect that yeah like i think i texted you when i was watching lockdown and was just like i'm five minutes into this movie and i want to throw my television out the window of just sort of the the attitude of being like did you know that we we have to wear masks in public and did you know people are losing their jobs and we we can't connect with others and it's just sort of and and that movie is so clearly like set kind of like three weeks into the the pandemic and lockdown and there is an attitude of like gosh it's been so hard doing this for three weeks and i'm just like well buckle up (laughs) buckle up folks because you're about to get nine more months of it at the very least yeah it's just also it's just also tiring like it's just i can at least respect malcolm and marie for not doing that like even yeah though it very obviously is like yeah this is like quarantine filmmaking because because there's only two people in the film it at least doesn't acknowledge like oh yeah there's a virus going around it's like we don't need that however um yeah I, yeah i'll let you i'll let you lead on this because i feel like you well, have nice, you have nicer things to say i will say i'm more mixed on this movie i, I will say my my expectations going into it there was a, a first wave of people who saw it that were very very enthusiastic were like this is going to be a big last minute oscar contender I really like both of these actors who I think are like, you know, if the Golden Globes are going to just like have random people there just to be movie stars, I don't understand why it couldn't just like, why would you not want John David Washington over like James Corden at your award show? Well, but, I mean, um, John da- I feel like John David Washington would have been a much bigger commodity had Tenet come out in a COVID-free world. Sure. Because that was, I was thinking, I was like, this movie has like... Like, Zendaya is fully A-list. Yes. Like, no question about it. I would, like, why would you not want her to show up to your award show? You could have, like, y'all could have nominated Zendaya over Andrew Day. Granted, I haven't seen United States versus Billie Holiday. But, like, even if I don't agree with the nomination, like, Zendaya showing up to your award show is, like, the golden ticket. Why would you not want that? Because it's very, like, the Golden Globes are very obviously about just who shows up. So that part but you know john david washington i feel like might be i I feel like he's b-list right now i feel like he would be a list if tenet had hit a little bit harder which obviously obviously like i have my issues with the way it was released however i no one knew that it was gonna be like this so yeah i mean he is undeniably for me a movie star and someone that i i now feel like i we but put him in more stuff like we gotta we gotta let this happen like we we've got one here we've got just like a natural movie star and like let's let's you know let's cultivate let you know let's let's nurture this flower and let it grow and 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 be who i think he can be um so yeah th- there was this initial wave of really positive reception and then it feels like a couple weeks ago there was a second wave that was very 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 harshly negative and like actively hating it i would say i'm kind of mixed where i don't think the movie works as a whole but i think there are kind of individual moments in it that i think i don't i don't know that i i I enjoyed or at least thought gave me something to chew on whether you know the enjoyment might be the opening scene with john david washington just like making a cocktail and dancing to james brown around that house that they're in which side note terrific house i think it's zendaya's wonderful is it i know it's the caterpillar house in los angeles which is like a unique architecture achievement or something i think if i'm correct i think it is the house that that zendaya lives in i think they shot it like at her home hold on let me well good on her because um incredible home um but yeah that or I think, you know, there's a, a, a sequence that I kind of want to talk with you about where 
John David Washington is going on a rant about um, a review he just received, and it becomes this complicated unpacking about the sort of pressure and standards that we put on entertainment and film by um, black and brown people, as well as sort of like what us as film critics, like what we sort the metrics we use to sort of determine something's worth. Um and and that also, I it's found not it's not it's not Zendaya's house. Oh uh, well, Sorry. still an incredible home. Yeah, still an incredible home. Um, so yeah, I, I think there were just like moments in it that it clicked for me, but as a whole, like I was not sort of invested in this sort of grand argument and this friction between these two people. And I think for a movie that is so much about like, should one's art just be like a message or should one's art like reflect connection between people and have style and stuff i think this movie kind of becomes at a certain point like the thing it is sort of like railing against in certain sections which is maybe a bit problematic um also just have to shout out a great joke that i actually laughed at with involving john david washington and a paywall on a website um that is a real experience that just i go live on through every day mode, dude like <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll kind of pass this to you. Cause I, I could kind of, I'm kind of in a spot of like, there's bits of this movie that clicked for me, but as a whole, I can kind of take or leave it. Um, I know you feel very strongly in one way, so I'm going to kind of like pass the ball to you. Yeah. So, um, I hated this. I thought it was insufferable. Like, and here's the thing. I, I feel like a lot of critics didn't like it because it kind of like you know it's very critical towards critics in certain and that's not the issue i have with it i don't mind that because i'm critical towards a lot of critics we're Mm -hmm. kind of we're full of it a lot of times and like especially like on a lot of the things that near the beginning of the film i think that he touched on um i mean we're we're valid but then then it just went off the rails for me in terms of a I don't think um I don't think movies have to have likable people in it. I think it is it is perfectly plausible for a movie to have terrible people in it and it still be completely engaging. However, Agreed. it's hard it's hard to do that. You can make a yes. movie with terrible people in it, but it's it's hard to make a movie with terrible people in it where you feel engaged. And I was mm-hmm. not. I hated these people. I wanted to punch them both in the face. I wanted to push them off the cliff. I hated them both. And I was like, oh my god, I have to spend an hour and 40 minutes with these people like 10 minutes in. Um, I also fully don't understand, and I feel like this is a big talking point right now. Um, this movie is very obviously about, like Sam Levinson very obviously wrote this movie about himself. And the yeah. he has he has received over the years. Now, if we think about it, um, like Sam Levinson is. I'm so hey, starting off, Sam Levinson, son of Barry Levinson. So already off the bat is legacy. Don't really have like you. You didn't get here because because you're solely talented. You got here because your daddy got you here. And let's think about it. His first major release was Assassination Nation. Has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. Euphoria has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and got got It won Emmys! It won Emmys. So what's your problem, dude? People like you. And it's just, I don't know. But then, the issue, the thing that bothers me because it's like yeah you know he's full of himself who cares what i don't get the i don't get the insistence of funneling your frustrations through a black man who makes so much of the film about how critics don't don't know how to critique his stuff properly because he is a black man. I don't know if y'all yes. know this. Sam Levinson is super Caucasian. 
he's so white and it is frustrating and it is kind of maddening that he is using this moment to channel his frustrations through the lens of I'm mad because they think everything I do is because I'm black or like it's important because I'm black and it's like okay those might be interesting points to make let a black filmmaker make those points maybe just make a movie about how you feel entitled to good reviews because your daddy bought you a career is that rude that might be rude however I I stand by it I really do um and that's the thing it's like I don't I don't really care that much if your parents got you a career. That's cool. You're making good stuff. He made Euphoria. I liked Assassination Nation. I, that's why I had to, that's literally why I had to put the disclaimer up front of like, I'm not one of these people that he's talking about in the movie. I really do like his stuff. Um, but this is just like, it's just a two hour long hissy fit to me. And I feel like he didn't have enough to say from his own experience other than just his hurt feelings and other than just his ego so he had to frame that through the lens of a black man and use him and his as his mouthpiece there's a wonderful wonderful piece in the guardian about it right now about how sam levinson does that just like really egregiously and yeah he's he's been weirdly like he's been kind of like very I don't know, outspoken about people who are outspoken against this movie in a way that I think does not well, kind of you, make, it makes it hard to kind of see this as anything other than like him just airing dirty laundry. Yeah, or and, you airing know what's, and you want to know what's funny about that is if he's going to go on a, like if he's going to rail against people who rail against this movie, do you know how many black critics he's going to have to go against when this entire movie he's bitching about white critics, the white lady from the LA Times, the white dude from IndieWire, the like all this, all that, so and so. When in reality, the people who are hating on this movie the most are black critics because they feel like you have used them as a prop to get your own entitlement out. And that is just absolutely frustrating to me. And so if he if he wants to if he wants to make a statement with that, if he wants to say, you know, I I don't understand where a lot of film critics come from, I feel like a lot of film critics misunder like misrepresent my work, then just say that. I don't need you don't have to funnel it through the lens of that to somehow make it a little bit more understandable. Because people aren't gonna understand it when your movies get generally good reviews and you are like you are a product of nepotism in hollywood so if you have to funnel it through like a black filmmaker saying he doesn't like being compared to barry jenkins or spike lee he wants to be compared to william wyler it's like what are you trying to achieve here other than just being like i'm not getting the reviews i want it's just frustrating and it's just like I, I just hate it. Zendaya is lovely in it. I think John David Washington goes a little overboard in it, but I also don't think the screenplay does him any favors. I feel like a lot of that comes down to just the type of person that Levinson has asked him to be, and I just couldn't stand a single second of it. I just, yeah, it just drives me crazy, and I don't understand. I don't understand what the what he wanted the outcome to be from this and i don't understand what he wanted like i don't know it's just like i i feel if you want to make if you want to if you want to make a statement go for it but if you want to if you if you feel like you have to put it through a certain character or put it through a certain lens to get people to understand it maybe you're just maybe you're just irrational maybe you're just entitled and that's cool you can be that and still make good things but don't make me watch you have a complete breakdown in a 30 million dollar netflix movie for almost two hours i just yeah 
I just yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what makes my feelings so complicated is like I do think there's there's good ideas and interesting arguments to have yes, and kind of explore are. in this movie, but it becomes so blur. I, I think those arguments and the kind of like Cassavetes esque drama that he's trying to create, kind of like it that stuff kind of falls short or gets muddled because there's so much. Even as you're watching it, it's it, it, Levinson has almost created this environment where like it's constantly pulling in his own experience, and then so it becomes hard to kind of like like the, the one kind of rant about the um the the review that I I think is something I kind of want to explore with you a little bit of like what he's trying to say in there. But at a certain point, it becomes like okay, is this an interesting point about kind of like um I in this like someone making an argument of like ideology versus aesthetic, but then it kind of morphs into, it sounds like you're kind of just like ranting about a bad review you got once and you feeling misunderstood. And that's kind of where I, I sort of like, I I don't know there's just so many moments in this movie where it's kind of hard to separate the art from the artist. And you he gets to the point of like, no, I think you're you're getting up to the edge of something really interesting, but then it becomes muddled with your own sort of personal stake in this. And there's yeah. even an aspect to, you know, I think there's a moment where, like a perfect example of this is the John David Washington character making an argument about like, why should I be called out for the way I depict women as a man and of just like artists are inherently like funneling other people through their lens all the time. But then it's hard to You're kind of separate that. that. Yes. Of like, that's You're what the movie doing is doing. That. And then it's, and <laughs> and then it, it, it becomes that, hard to be like that. That is sort of an argument that is being written to defend the thing that you brought up earlier yeah. about the weirdness of like funneling a like white person's grievance through a black, character if that makes any sense and it, it it's hard to view that argument as not just like an interesting thesis but instead viewing it as like no this kind of feels like levinson just sort of like writing an excuse for but the he movie needs, itself but he, needs more of a, he needs more of a stake in it because if he wrote it just about himself with a white character he's just a he's just an asshole and it's like but oh let me give it stakes by making it about race and it's like there is an argument to be made with that fully. There is absolutely a thousand percent. There's absolutely an argument to be made about how white critics approach black films. I am guilty of it. I have done it so much in the past. And I'm glad that I'm able to open my eyes and see and learn from my past mistakes. However, you are not that in which we're talking about, sir. You are something completely different and you come from a completely different, like, field of work so why are we making like why are we pretending like this is equivalent it's not and from there it just it just it's endlessly frustrating from that point on but then it's just i don't i lost my and and like i i agree with you like that that is the part of the movie i keep bringing up because like that's the most interesting to me and that is a thing that i think like happens in our field of film criticism is our our you know insistence sometimes on kind of it's important putting it's... putting things on it yeah on putting things on a monolith or saying like well this th- this movie wasn't that good but it's an important movie or you know it, it reminds me of this thing i heard jordan peele say maybe it was around the time of us although us is kind of political so i don't really add anyway jordan peele sort of saying this thing of like it's sort of ridiculous for sort of like black art to always reflect the importance or like always has to be about oh this important historical issue or yeah. this thing happening in society and of just like no one's asking that of like white people or other stuff and of just like so, some of us just want to make like fun entertaining movies or just like movies that have style and stuff or you know i i this is a chance for me to reflect my own sort of journey as a critic is like i've gone through the thing of like i think it was around the time of like moonlight's release and i like i i dearly love that movie but i remember a couple people who pushed uh, who didn't like the movie who pushed up against me and i think you know in hindsight i thank them for that of saying like 
do you like this because of your quote white guilt or do you like this or and like this because it reflects your sort of political view of the world or do you like this because of like actual stuff in the movie and you connected yeah. with the movie and feel something for the movie and like it's think big, the like, style is interesting and that's something that syndrome. i've yeah it's it's and that's something that i think still happens and i mean yeah. like i'm excited to talk about kind of to bring us a little bit full circle but then toss the ball to you like something like judas and the black messiah in a few, few weeks that's yeah. something like working through my op opinions of of that movie and what that movie is saying and what that movie is forcing me as as an audience to reckon with but also like loving the style and the performance of that movie um i don't know i think that's an incredible conversation to have and that's yeah. kind of my favorite part of this movie but then so much of i think the interesting stuff that levinson is trying to get at in this movie like i said just becomes it's lost in his muddled own or or falls under because it feel there there are moments when it kind of you can feel it switching to like is this is this you trying to like bring a challenge and expose like a certain hypocrisy or a certain weakness in film discourse or now this is turning into just it sounds like you ranting about a very specific review you got about like we won't get into the katie walsh of it all but from a very specific person and it's yeah. been pretty funny to see her reactions to this over yeah. the last couple weeks and i just don't think a black filmmaker could make a film like this because i feel like it would just sink them i feel like they would just be perceived as ungrateful as like like all of these things and it's like okay it, and that's that's even more frustrating because it's like not only are you making a movie about this and funneling it through the voice of a black man this is not a movie that a black man could make because that perception of how he views his own work would immediately get distorted into cockiness to aggression to all of these things that i feel like he's trying to Spike Lee's gotten that label for like 30 years 30 it's ridiculous years. yeah and it's just like oh you make two things they both get good reviews and you get to go off like this like you feel like you have the clearance to do that sit down sir so uh, yeah I just feel like there are genuine conversations to be had about how like how critics approach black work but it's just not it's not this and i i really do implore anyone like listening to this to read black critic reviews of malcolm and marie and also to read black critics reviews of something like judas and the black messiah and see how the approach of like having a black filmmaker write and produce a, a piece of cinema of something that hasn't really been told before because people have been afraid to kind of go up against the system to tell that story versus a white dude just having a fit and i really i it, it genuinely is is eye-opening when you do uh when you do read things like that and it, it's just incredibly important that with things like this you listen to the voices of, of the people who are directly being for lack of a better term, targeted with it. Um, and I think Malcolm and Marie completely misses the mark with it. I think it's just a, I think it's just an insufferable movie all around. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't, I don't like saying that. I like, I like thinking movies have good part. I mean, the good part of this movie to me is I think Zendaya is, is great in every scene. Um, just natural movie star. She is a natural movie star fully. And I think like, like she is it to the point where I can still be like she's it in a movie that I dislike as much as this one. So, and I think part of the reason her character maybe comes off a little bit better than um, you know, for as much charisma as he's throwing around John David Washington's character is just like Levinson is used to writing to her, if that makes yeah. any sense, and the they're you know, the time they spent working on Euphoria of like he he kind of like understands what he can bring out of her as an actress and what she can provide material yeah. like this and where she's going to succeed. And I think they, they clearly have a good understanding of each other as artists and kind of, uh, you know, how to work with each other and like work for the material in really interesting ways. So I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 that, that's why I think her, 
performance maybe works a little better. Yeah. I also will say, while I wasn't super enthused with John David Washington's performance, in terms of just what he was given, I don't think it's a bad performance by any means. Um, no. But I do, I can definitely appreciate that from the little we've seen of John David Washington so far, I appreciate that Black Klansman is a completely different role and performance from Tenet, which in turn is a completely different role and performance from Malcolm and Marine. I really, I, I mean, I really only like Black Klansman out of all of those, but like, I can at least appreciate that there is range there. It's not, it's not one note. It is very, he is doing different things and he is like stretching, stretching himself and like pulling himself out creatively, even if it is in some like messy things. Um, I don't know what's the, I don't know what the next thing he's in, but hopefully it's something also different. So. Um, he is allegedly in the new David O. Russell movie, but I don't think anyone knows anything about like what that that is. But he's he's a, it's him, Margot Robbie, and um Christian Bale, and I think like a giant Taylor? number of other. Yeah, isn't yeah. she? In, it's yeah. it's a bunch of people, but he he I think is one of the like three leads in that movie. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I I hope the best for him. Well, let's let's end on on something. A little bit po- positive. Well, not totally positive, but you know, I I want to you know do a final farewell of life. to celebration of two lives. Really, um, yeah. Cicely Tyson died a while back, um, and and she. You know, died. Yes, I watched an interview with her and Gail King, and like they were talking like, when you go, what do you want to be remembered for? And she's like, that I tried my best, and literally less than twenty four hours after that was posted. Less than twenty four hours after that posted, Cicely Tyson passed, which is just like yeah. And and yesterday we lost Christopher Plummer. Um, just you know, we don't got to go too long. Um, because we've kind of run out of time. But just like what, what just like pro actors, just like I I just think of these two people as just like great professionals, just oh, like great Titanic fully. professionals who just like brought their A game to every single role no matter what it was i mean my my tweet for the plumber thing was just like remember a few years ago when christopher Plummer replaced kevin spacey Spacey. in a movie a month before two weeks before it came out and he got an oscar nomination for that performance of just like what what just like a a, and and just like when he gets the call from midley scott was just like "Eh, sure why not yeah it's just what a what a pro yeah just so such such a lovely actor i think like i mean and that's the thing it's like i feel like he was strong in his youth with like sound of music and stuff like that which i know he hates sound of music but you know i love sound of music uh but even then i think going forward like i think the last decade of his career might have been his strongest because you have things like the girl with the dragon tattoo and you have things like um like beginners which he won his his sole oscar for but mm-hmm. it's it, knives out i believe his, his final out. performance as my yeah. girlfriend pointed out last night uh yeah well the last full measure well nope heroes of the golden masks apparently it's a oh, it's a chinese that? financed movie with uh i don't know how big it's gonna be it might be bigger now that he's he's passed and, well yeah. i i would encourage everyone this week if you're looking for something to watch both, any, anything with both those actors in it, um, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised.